It's time for Manly Chunks of Wisdom. Today, we're going to look at quotes from Soren Kierkegaard. Are you ready to live life to the full? Are you ready to rise up and live a life of honor? Are you ready to boldly step into a life of courage? This is the Manlyhood Mancast, and here's your host, Josh Atcher. Welcome to the Manlyhood Mancast. I'm your host, Josh Hatcher, and I am so glad you guys tuned in. I'm really glad that you guys care about this. You know, I had to take some time off, and during that time, I had a lot of people reach out and be like, hey, is everything okay? When's the podcast coming back? And I'm glad that we're back. And uh, I'm really glad that you guys do take it seriously. I ran into an old uh, high school friend today who actually told me he watches every episode on YouTube. So, you know, if you watch on YouTube, make sure you... Go check it out and subscribe there. If you listen on Apple or Spotify, make sure that you subscribe and share this with somebody that you think could get something out of it. Anyway, I appreciate you guys. Let's look at uh, our manly chunks of wisdom today on the Manlyhood Mancast. Listen, I know that a lot of you guys, if you're like me, you're busy. And you don't have a lot of time just to sit and read books and libraries of books and theological and philosophical treatises so that you can understand what's happening in the world. You want to live a life that is operating in wisdom so that you can be a better husband, a better father, a better leader. And it's my job to help you do that. So what Manly Chunks of Wisdom is about is that is us taking all of that goodness that somebody wrote, all extracting then the nuggets that you need to see the chunks, the bite-sized chunks of wisdom, manly wisdom that you can apply to your life. And so today we're going to look at the wisdom of Soren Kierkegaard. Now, Soren Kierkegaard was a Danish philosopher, a theologian, and a poet. He lived in the 19th century. And I have been a fan of his for a long time. And I'll be honest with you, I can't sit down and read a whole book of his. I, I get lost. It's very heady but there's so much good in it. So I think this is a great place to look at the the works of Kierkegaard and just pull out the nuggets that we can apply and learn from. He almost had um, almost a dark perspective on the world and the universe, but also just this, um, this laser-like focus on the things that he thought were beautiful. And he wrestled with the idea of sin and redemption. Kierkegaard is often regarded as the father of existentialism, which is a philosophical movement that really emphasizes individual freedom, choice, and then responsibility. While some contemporaries of his day were pushing just for an anything-goes approach when it came to freedom, he wanted that freedom to be tempered by morality. And because he was a Christian, he felt that the Christian faith was a good uh, way to do that, to temper that that freedom with responsibility. Uh, but he was sometimes 
a little bit controversial, maybe a little bit critical of the way that everybody else was living out Christianity, and he chablished here, and he challenged the establishment and the dogmas that everybody was saying you had to live by, and he said, but what does it actually say, and what does it actually mean? And because of that, I really, I like Kierkegaard's approach. I don't think he was a heretic, but I think that people who don't understand him would have pictured him as a heretic. So let's dive into some of these chunks of wisdom from the works of Soren Kierkegaard. I stick my finger into existence and it smells of nothing. <laughs> There's a depth to this quote, uh, all the way down to the all the way down to the knuckle. <laughs> um, it's almost a little offensive if you want it to be, but just the idea and the concept that I when I read this quote, I think of the fact that to exist, to function in the world. And these were questions that, that were very commonly asked in his day in this existentialism movement. You know, why do we exist? Why am I here? What is the world? And sometimes I think it's important that we don't ascribe too much meaning to everything. You know, we're always looking for meaning and looking for purpose, and I think we should, but maybe those things are a lot simpler than we give them credit for. He wrote in his journals, people understand me so poorly that they don't even understand my complaint about them not understanding me. <laughs> yep, I get it. <laughs> he also said, life can only be understood backwards, but it must be lived forwards. There's a lot of truth to that, you know, you have to plug forward through your life, not always understanding it. But later on, when you look back, you can get some clarity as to what was going on. Kierkegaard said, The function of prayer is not to influence God, but rather to change the nature of the one who prays. And I like this. I've heard other people say this as well, and I think there's a lot of wisdom in it. You know, um... Prayer is very much about us being humbled and us recognizing who we are in the grand scheme of things. And I think this is a really good, a really good quote. Kierkegaard says, people demand freedom of speech as a compensation for freedom of thought, which they seldom use. Now, I am a big proponent of freedom of speech. I love that we have that freedom of speech, but freedom of thought is even more important. The ability to think and the freedom to think what you want and that freedom we rarely really truly use. Instead, we just listen to everyone else's freedom of speech and then just assume that it's true. I feel like he wrote this quote like today. You know, with everything that's going on with Twitter and Elon Musk and everything that's going on with the media and the government and censorship and big tech, it is... Freedom of speech is a huge thought topic. You know, it's on everybody's lips. Everybody's talking about it. And it is an issue. We want to have freedom of speech, but how about we actually think? How about we actually exercise the right to think critically and honestly and to dig in and to ponder what's going on and to research and to learn? I think that that is a much more powerful freedom. And it's, it's more powerful. And it should be used in conjunction with freedom of speech. 
Life is not a problem to be solved, but a reality to be experienced. Yeah, you know, men, we're often problem solvers. We look at the world and we see, here is something wrong. It's my responsibility to fix it, which is not entirely wrong in and of itself. But if we look at life that way, rather than a problem is something that comes along in your life that you have to deal with, we start to see life itself as the problem. And we get into problem-solving mode. And then our relationships are hindered in problem-solving mode. We have a hard time relating to our spouse because our spouse comes to us and just shares the emotion that she's going through. And then we start looking for the solutions to her problem. And really the solution to her problem is she just wanted somebody to listen. That's what we need to work on. That's how we get better. So let's start viewing the world not as a problem to be solved, but as a reality to be experienced. And actually enjoy the things that are happening around you. And roll with the punches rather than decide, I have to learn how to duck and dodge every punch. Kierkegaard also says there's two ways to be fooled. One is to believe what isn't true, and the other is to refuse to believe what is true. Again, man, this 19th century poet, I feel like he's living today. This is what we call cognitive dissonance, where you look at something and you see this is just not right, but I'm going to refuse to see it. <laughs> I'm just going to refuse to see what's in front of me because I, uh, I don't want to believe that. And I do believe that you can choose what you believe. I, I think that's important. You know, I do think we need to choose to believe what is true. And not choose to believe what we want to believe. Truth matters. Truth is important. And if you choose to not believe what is true, you are fooling yourself. Kierkegaard says the most common form of despair is not being who you are. And this rings very true. Very true. You know, if you are not living up to your purpose and your mission and your vision and your values, which, by the way, if you're interested in those things, check out my book, Core Ops. You can get it on Amazon and walk you through the steps of writing down your purpose, your mission, your vision, your values, and really defining that part of your identity and the things that you believe and what you care about and how you operate and what you're here to do. If you're not living according to that, despair is what comes out of it. If you find yourself in despair, that's where it's coming from. You know, look, I know what I'm meant to do. I know what my calling in life is to be and how I'm supposed to express it. And I, if I'm not doing it and if I'm not living up to it, I feel despair. I know that just taking the break that I did from the podcast for a couple months, like it actually made me feel depressed. Because I wasn't doing what I know I'm meant to be doing, which is helping men become better men. And so during that time frame, like, I, it was hard to sleep. I had all kinds of ideas that I couldn't do anything about because I was in the middle of that section of time where it was not the most important thing. I couldn't do those things, and I know they matter to me, and they're important. And despair comes when you are not being who you are. So, yeah, I can get that quote. Kierkegaard also says, what labels me negates me. 
And this one, I think, probably needs more context, which I don't have the time to get into all of it or really fully understand it either. Because, again, Kierkegaard even admits that not everybody understands him. <laughs> but I, I like this because a lot of times we like to label things or ha- or people like to label us. And a lot of times that label is in itself the wrong thing. It actually makes you believe something about yourself that is not true. I'm going to look at my art as an example. I grew up thinking that I was not an artist and people would, you know, I can do graphic design and I design things all the time and I know I'm artistic and I'm musical and I'm poetic and I love those things, but I didn't think that I could draw or paint. And and still, I mean, like if I draw something, it doesn't always look great. Well, one day I decided I'm going to paint and I painted uh, a bear, a grizzly bear. And I'm seeing this painting come together and I realized I can actually do this. But I just told everybody, well, I'm not an artist. Not an artist was my label. And that label kept me from being an artist. Which, if you think about it, is kind of a big deal. It's kind of a big deal that we can label ourselves out of being what we're meant to be and what we're meant to do. Now, this is a long quote from Kierkegaard, but it's pretty cool. Marry and you'll regret it. Don't marry, you will also regret it. Marry or don't marry, you will regret it either way. Laugh at the world's foolishness, you will regret it. Weep over it, you will regret that too. Laugh at the world's foolishness or weep over it, you will regret both. Believe a woman, you will regret it. Believe her not, you will also regret it. Hang yourself and you will regret it. Do not hang yourself and you will regret that too. Hang yourself or don't hang yourself, you'll regret it either way. Whether you hang yourself or do not hang yourself, you'll regret both. This gentleman is the essence of all philosophy. (laughs) And I think he's right. Philosophy and the pursuit of wisdom and understanding things is that the world is broken and the world has consequences and the world has regret. People always say no regrets, and I get it. I get what they're trying to say. Live with no regrets. You know, don't let the past hold you back, Don't whatever. But the truth is, no matter what you do, you're going to have a regret. Because in order to move forward in your life, you have to give something up. That's the cycle of life. To do one thing, you have to give up another, and you're probably going to regret giving up the other to do the thing. And that's okay. <laughs> it's not wrong to regret. It is wrong to let your regrets eat you up, but that's probably different than the philosophy that Kierkegaard talks about here. In his book, Provocations, Spiritual Writings of Kierkegaard, he says, The Bible is very easy to understand, but we Christians are a bunch of scheming swindlers. We pretend to be unable to understand it because we know very well that the minute we understand it, we are obliged to act accordingly. Now, I know not everybody that listens to this podcast is a Christian, But I know that some are, and I'll tell you right now, he's very right, you know. The Bible has a prescription of behavior if you're going to be a follower of God. And what happens with a lot of us is we pretend we don't understand that or know that because we also know that to whom much is given, much is required. And if you are aware that something is wrong, then you shouldn't do it. 
And we often will just kind of pretend we don't know that it's wrong and do it anyway. Ship up. <laughs> he also says, it is so hard to believe because it is so hard to obey. And I would say that that's very true. A lot of the reasons that people decide they don't want to follow Christianity or whatever is because it's hard to actually do it. And they don't want to do the thing that you have to do and the things and the behaviors and the way that you have to live. So it's easier just to not believe because you don't want all those rules. I, I do think that Christianity is not just about the rules. I think that's just one of those things that kind of come along with it. But this is the truth. A lot of people would rather live life on their terms, do things their way, and then then they expect to get results other than the own, their own results. They expect to get better results than their own, and that's also a problem. Kierkegaard said in his journals, God creates out of nothing. Wonderful, you say. Yes, to be sure, but he does what is still more wonderful. He makes saints out of sinners. And this really is the core and the heart of what I was trying to get at when it comes to understanding Christianity is that it's not just about the rules and it's not just about what you're supposed to do. It's about the fact that a God who creates something out of nothing makes you a sinner, makes me a sinner into a saint. He does the work. I didn't do it. I can't do it. I'm not good enough to do it because I'm a sinner. That's a pretty cool thing. That's a cool picture. Kierkegaard says, The proud always wants to do the right thing, the great thing. But because he wants to do it in his own strength, he's fighting not with man, but with God. That's really the key here, is for us to recognize our place I think of a quote from Johnny Cash that says, my arms are too short to box with God. And it's very relevant to this. You know, you want to be strong enough to do the thing you can't do. And when you're trying to do it, you end up fighting with God. I think of when my kids were little and they would want to do something that they just were incapable of doing, maybe pick up a heavy box. And I'd come over and I'd try to help them pick up the box. No, I want to do it. And then they end up pushing me away, and I'm the one who can actually lift the box. This is a very clear picture of what Kierkegaard's saying there. In either or, Soren Kierkegaard says, a fire broke out backstage in a theater. The clown came out to warn the public. They thought it was a joke, and they applauded, and he repeated it. And the acclaim was even greater. I think that's just how the world will come to an end. To general applause from wits who believe it's a joke. Kierkegaard, I swear you live in the 2020s, man. <laughs> if I were to wish for anything, I should not wish for wealth and power, but for the passionate sense of the potential. For the eye which ever young and ardent sees the possible. Pleasure disappoints. Possibility never and what wine is so sparkling, what's so fragrant, what's so intoxicating as possibility? To have that sense of positivity, that hope in you that things can get better, that is true wealth. That is true power. Kierkegaard also says, to dare is to lose one's footing momentarily. Not to dare is to lose oneself. 
In his journals, Kierkegaard also says the tyrant dies and his rule is over. The martyr dies and his rule begins. And, uh, yeah, very true. You know, when a man is a tyrant and he's done, then it's all, all done with, you know? Okay, yay, ding dong, the witch is dead, right? But there is something powerful about a martyr. There's something powerful about someone who gives his life to a greater cause. I think that that echoes in us. I think that's something that echoes throughout eternity into our hearts that we see giving your life for the greater good is a good thing. And I think that's why there's a power in it that you could never even create on your own. To venture causes anxiety, but not to venture is to lose oneself. And to venture in the highest is precisely to be conscious of oneself. This reminds me a lot of uh, the words of Jesus, he who loses his life will find it, right? You know, if we want to really, truly understand who we are, you have to risk. And to risk means I am nervous. <laughs> I am nervous about what's going to happen here. I want to take a risk and do this thing, and it's gonna, it could cost me everything. And that should cause anxiety in us. But if we don't venture, you actually lose yourself. If you don't risk something, you actually lose a part of yourself. And the highest way that you can truly understand who you are is to see who you are in that process of risk. I think it's got some good stuff there. <laughs> he also says, face the facts of being what you are, for that is what changes what you are. This is hard. It is really hard to face the facts of being what I am. Because if I look at myself and I look at what I am and I look at what I do and what I know and how I behave, I see my weakness. I see my flaws. I see my failures. And they're all laid out in front of me. And in order for me to become something better, I have to face it. And that is not easy. To grow in life is to gradually do that a little bit at a time. I mean, I can't change everything about myself overnight, but I can start with the stuff that's right in front of me. Kierkegaard says, Above all, do not lose your desire to walk every day. I walk myself into a state of well-being and walk away from every illness. I have walked myself into my best thoughts, and I know of no thought so burdensome that one cannot walk away from it. But by sitting still, and the more one sits still, the closer one comes to feeling ill. Thus, if one just keeps on walking, everything will be all right. Look, that's that scientific knowledge that actually backs up what Kierkegaard says there hadn't even been understood or written yet, but they're doing a lot of studies and they're recognizing that psychologically bipedal motion to when you're when you're moving with both parts of your brain and your body and putting it together that actually helps you to think better and to be healthier in your mind not only that but in your body he's got a really good point maybe we should be taking a walk every day good stuff Thanks for, thanks for reminding me of that, Mr. Kierkegaard. How did I get into the world? 
why was I not asked about it? And why was I not informed of the rules and regulations, but just thrust into the ranks as if I had been bought by a peddling Shanghaier of human beings? How did I get involved in this big enterprise called actuality? Why should I be involved? Isn't it a matter of choice? And if I'm compelled to be involved, where's the manager? I have something to say about this. Is there no manager? To whom shall I make my complaint? <laughs> I think this is a, a humorous <laughs> picture here of where he's like, look, I didn't ask to be here. I didn't ask to be in existence. Who, do, who am I supposed to complain to about this? <laughs> and the last quote we're going to look at today says, there's nothing with which every man is so afraid as getting to know how enormously much he is capable of doing and becoming. Guys, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid of what you can do and who you can be. Because what if that person is the person you were always meant to be? What if that's the whole reason that you exist? Instead of complaining to the manager, right? How about you step into it? How about you cast off the things that are holding you back? You know, it's like we're running and we've run through a tangled up net and our feet are all tangled. It's hard to move forward. Just get out of it. Cut off the net, cut off the ropes and the chains or whatever's holding you back and start living the life that you were meant to live. There's a power in it. And it's scary. But it's a venture that we have to take. Because if you if you do it, you might regret it. <laughs> You're going to look back and say, man, I wish I hadn't done that. Or, man, things have been easier if I hadn't done that. But if you don't do it, you're also going to regret it. Anyway, guys, Kierkegaard's got some good stuff for us. I appreciate the philosophy of it. I appreciate thinking about the, the world and life and how we fit into it. And, uh, yeah, it's a good guy. I'd like to read some more of his stuff. I, I like to read it in chunks like this, though, because... Uh, for me, it is easy to get lost in the longer stuff. So, manly chunks of wisdom it is. <laughs> Listen, if you liked this, don't forget to go to our uh, website. Go to manlyhood.com slash chunk, and you can download 500 chunks of manly wisdom that you can read uh, a chunk every day if you want. A quote from a thinker or a philosopher or a, uh, an influencer. You can read something and then get it cemented into your brain, and it's free. Just go to manlyhood.com slash chunk. Anyway, guys, I love you guys. I care about you. And I'll see you next time. If you want to be a better man, check out our website, manlyhood.com, for blogs, videos, and more from our Manlyhood team. Men, you can also join our private Facebook group, Manlyhood Man Cave, where you can meet up with a band of brothers who will challenge you and help you on your journey of manhood. This episode is produced by Hatcher Media for Manlyhood.com. Be sure to subscribe and leave us a review on iTunes, YouTube, or wherever you're listening to the show. Tune in again for more of the Manlyhood Mancast.